The average human brain weighs three pounds, which is about 2% of your total body weight. It's primarily a liquid made up of 73% water, and it generates enough electricity to barely light a low-wattage LED bulb. Yet, this little mound of gray matter sitting on the top of our shoulders runs the show. Eating, sleeping, breathing, thinking, dreaming, all of it under the command of our brains. I'm sure you grew up like I did with that familiar phrase, you can do anything you put your mind to. And I remember saying the same thing to my kids as they grew up. And there is a lot that can happen, sometimes seemingly impossible things when we put our minds to it. But there's a lot of bad religion and self-help crap out there saying stuff like visualize it and it will happen. When Jesus told us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, he didn't single out any of them, especially the mind. Jesus shows us that we need to pursue God with a whole heart. Honestly, I think like knowing, this goes back to, I think, loving God with your mind, with, with, what you, with all that you have going like, God, I want to know all I can know about you in this life. It, it, gives, me, it gives me hope. Because it's like, at least I can hang on to what I know is true. That's Luke Burgett. Many of you know Luke because he's one of the worship leaders here at Flatirons. But what you may not know is that Luke is a thinker, a processor, a young man of deep thought and wisdom, a man on a passionate search to wrap his head around who God is and how that affects his life as a follower of Jesus, as a husband, a father, and a friend. This is Flatirons Men's Community Pastor, Dan Foote, and on today's podcast, we're going to talk with Luke Brigette about what it means to love God with all of your mind, even when life doesn't make sense. Today on Wake Up Call, the Flatirons Podcast for Men. So as we get started, I just wanted to ask, um, tell me about being the first person to sing and lead people from Flatirons in a song in this new building when we moved in here. I think a big part of my story is feeling incredibly underqualified just in most situations. Okay. Um, and that was a big one. Um, I mean, I, I came on staff here and I was like, there's no way that I should be here doing this. You came on as an intern and right. the mm-hmm. first year that uh, when I got hired, I got hired six years ago. Yeah. Last month, I moved here six right, ago, yeah. six years ago, next week. Yeah, so I came on like right after you. Right. Yeah, only a few months. Mm-hmm. So, um, as an intern. So, and, and I felt, you know, really pr- privileged to be an intern and never expected to end up on full time staff here at Flatirons. And so to end up on full time staff and, and then not only that, to, but to be able to open our, our brand new facility here with, with a song just starting out with me and my guitar on stage by myself was like, there's no way this should be happening. Right. Uh, you know, so um, that's part of my story, just feeling really under underqualified. Um, there's some insecurity that goes along with that. So that was that was really playing into that moment for sure. But on the flip side of that was, I just felt really honored to, you right. know, like, right. like obviously God had a, had a plan to get me here, standing here in this moment to lead this moment, you know, so it's so pretty you, special. So I'm going to say, are, are you telling me you're in transition with some of the insecurity stuff and all that? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right in the, right in the middle of, you know, working through my baggage. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. what, what have been some steps in getting through that? 
You know, because yeah. I'm going to say you are 20, 26, 26 years yeah. old. Yeah. And you are one of our worship pastors. Yeah. Um, you primarily are down at West Campus. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and while that is one of your, you're, you're, you have a passion for that. Yeah. Um, but that's not your only passion, is it? No, it's not. What is? What yeah. are? What are some of your other passions? Man, I mean, I think um, music has always been something that I've done and enjoyed. Kind of grew up in a musical family. We had like a f- little family band <laughs> going on. Really? Uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. Uh, There's a cra- crazy stories that, that go along with that. But uh, we'd have, you know. So did your dad dance? Does he play? He's he dances mostly. Oh wow! Yeah. I didn't know that. Like <laughs> no. what kind? Like no, he's a singer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's you a, had me. I thought, yeah. oh my gosh! <laughs> All of a sudden, these yeah. images in my head of your dad. Yeah, I mean, you know, actually, you're not wrong. Doing he, the boogaloo in the, in the living got, room. He's got an incredible Elvis Presley impersonation. It's pretty I, awesome. So, I'd love to see I mean, that. The, the sound and the dance all together. It's pretty impressive. But I'd love to see that. Yeah. No, he's a singer. So um, growing up. I, th- I think most most boys, if you have a good dad, uh, which I was blessed to have a great dad uh, mm-hmm. growing up, your dad's your hero, you know. So right. that that was me for sure. Um, so I would always look at my dad, and, and he would sing periodically in church. And so as a as a young boy, I would look at that and say, "Oh, it's so awesome! I really want to do that." Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where it started. Um, really, it was just people throwing me in the deep end and um, giving me opportunity. So um, and just learning to swim, learning to swim. Yeah, but yeah. They, there was one guy in particular as I was early early on in high school. I think it was probably like a freshman uh, when I met this guy and started working with him. And he was a he was my youth pastor. Yeah. And uh, he he really threw me in the deep end. He's like, hey, just one weekend randomly. He's like, hey, you're going to lead worship this morning for our youth service. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, but you know that was um, we flipped through some like a, a binder with some songs in it and. Picked, picked a few, and then I did it. And from there, I mean, he was really faithful to um, to lead me in that. So, I mean, there was right. never a time where I stepped up and started leading worship without a follow-up conversation with this guy going, all right, what went well? What didn't go well? What can we do better next time? And then, you know, just practically speaking. Um, but then he would also talk about, like, why do we even worship? Right. You know, corporately. Right. And what's... What's your role as a corporate worship leader to stand on stage behind a mic and to lead people in worship? Like, why do we do that? Um, so kind he helped th- thinking that through, yeah, and helping me to think deeply and not just not just get up there and do it because it's what I do and it's what I've always done. Um, right. But like to actually see the the ministry side of that. So back to your question, um, music is something I've always done, but I think through conversations with that guy and just kind of growing up with some good good men around me gave God developed I think a passion in me for just ministry and right pastoring people and you get to sit down and have conversations with people across the table hear their stories and stuff like that like that is what lights me up everybody's got a story that's know? right um, and being able to play a part in that in ministry I think we're privileged to to get that side of oh definitely side of things sure um, I feel like that's what excites me is uh, I, I love I you know what you just said about someone asking you to think through hmm. what it means to be leading worship. Yeah. And, you know, that's something and I know that you're still, you know, working through. But 
I know I surprised you when I stopped you in the hallway and said, <laughs> I want to do the, the, the mind, your heart, yeah. soul, mind, strength, the mind piece with you. Yeah. Uh, the mind or slash mag- magi piece. Mm-hmm. Because the thing that stands out to me the most is about you, Luke, Brigette is that you? Th- you're a thinker. You you think through things. You're you're constantly. At, you're at a point in life where I feel like you're almost like a sponge. Hmm. You're like taking in everything. You want to learn and grow. I mean, you just finished college. Yeah, I mean, you went I'm 26. Back. That'll tell you how much of a thinker I am. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think that through, did you? No, but yeah. seriously, you went back to school to finish and get your degree. So what? Yeah. what you just finished, right? Yeah, I just finished. I graduated. Last Saturday, did you wear the cap yeah. and gown and cross? I did. The you know, I thought, why not walk? Yes, you know, that's great. I, I did it. Let's that's celebrate great. It. Yeah, my wife was really good at celebrating yeah. me, and that I'm not much of a celebrator, but great. She celebrated me. And Macy was there. For. Your little girl, Macy, was there. Yeah, she was and, there. I'm guessing folks. And yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. So, but what I'm getting to is, you think things through, yeah. uh, and you're uh, to me when I look at you, you're on a journey, hmm. and there's no telling where this journey is going to land, but you are trying to immerse yourself yeah. in 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 God's Word, yeah. uh, books you're reading, conversations you're having. Yeah. Just trying to stretch yourself. Yeah. Would think, you, so that you, you would agree. Yeah, I mean, I think the key word there is trying. Yeah. You know, just trying. I don't mm-hmm. know what I'm doing. Just shooting in the dark. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but trying. So, uh, what does that look like? What are some things you're doing that are that means trying? Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, to go back to my story, saying I mentioned briefly, there was there's always been some men around me. And who um, were they? So this guy's name was Chris Hamdahl. He's a pastor over at Crossroads Church over mm-hmm. in Thornton. Um, so if he's listening to this, awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was he was kind of the first guy um, when I was young. Just he was he was my youth pastor, and he was really really faithful in that position leading me, um, as a young, as a young man. Um, and I don't know if it was just, you know, God knowing me and going for Luke to become the man that I want him to be, he's going to need other men around him. Right. And so God placed those men in my life. And I'm really thankful for cause I didn't really go searching them out. Um, right. well, you they, started off with a really good dad. Yeah. Had a great dad. Yeah. Um, had a few awesome, youth pastors growing up. I grew up in church, so I was always around church. But um, I mean, I think a lot of people can have bad experiences with that, but I had great experiences. So I I feel really blessed in that because I didn't really go searching that out. But for me, trying in in this mind area of life um, means having good, wise men around me. Yeah. Um, not trying to trudge through life on my own going, I'll figure it out, you know. Um, but seriously, to to take advantage of those types of relationships is like, uh, I think is wise. Um, yeah. And it's proven to be really helpful for me in my journey as, as a man. Um, I, I don't think I'd be the man in general, the husband or the father that I am today without the men who who have gone before that I've really gleaned a lot of wisdom from. Yeah, so, so w- one of the questions I get a lot via yeah. email or you know someone come up and asking is hey I'm looking for a mentor. Hmm. Um and you know we don't have a mentorship program here. There's men that I can yeah. point other young men to, but yeah. you you're doing this on your own. Yeah. You're kind of doing this organically, I guess. 
Um, hmm. So is this something that you've had since a, a kid, this passion to learn from other men? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I can't point to a time in my life where I can go, I decided to start seeking out a mentor. Right. Um, again, I would go back to, I think God just provided that for me. Hmm. And I feel really blessed by that because there have been some really quality men in my life. Um, but I can look back on my life and, and point to those men and say they had a huge impact on my life. And so I can look at that and say, I should probably keep my eyes open for more of those types of interactions. Right. Um, also, I was listening to a podcast uh, one time. I won't say who it's from because it'll lose credibility as soon as I do, but he said something really good. It was Joel uh, Steen, It was it? Joel Steen. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, yeah, but he, he said something really interesting that I think is really it's really wise um and i can, i'm not going to be able to repeat it verbatim but basically he was saying it's like it's it's really good to have several mentors um in your life not mm-hmm. just not just one um like i think when you look generally when you think about a mentorship you're thinking i've got this one guy in my life that is imparting all this wisdom right. into me as a man um but the concept this this guy in this podcast was talking about was th- there's act- you have a lot of different parts of your life, your, you know, your physical life, spiritual life, all, your financial life, all this stuff um, that makes up your whole life. Um, it would probably be smart to have a good mentor in each area of those li- in each, each one of those areas of your life. Right. Like, you know, and you, you're probably not going to be able to find one for every area of your life, but if I can have someone who's really wise financially mm-hmm. that I can look to as a mentor. Not me. Right. <laughs> well, me neither. <laughs> I need one of those. That's right. <laughs> me too. Um, like if, the, if there's somebody out there like that, that, that I can look at and say, hey, wow, he's really good with his finances. Right. Um, I should probably hang out with that guy, you know, because just being around a guy like that and having conversations about personal finances is going to be beneficial for me um so that way i'm not just shooting in the dark in all these different areas of my life but to surround myself with with men who i perceive to be doing it really well in these different areas you know that's great Um, this goes back to what i'm talking about though it's a passion in you yeah this is a passion to grow and this whole thing with your mind i mean um what what does it look like for you to love god with all of your mind what does that look like Wow, that's a good question. Um, so, I think for me to love God with my mind means putting in the work, um, you know, to to become wise, mm-hmm. um, you know, to to be able to make good decisions in life, you know, um, and to lead my team well, you know, and to lead my family well, right. um, as far as leading them, you know, intentionally with my mind, making good decisions for them and, and things like that. But So what are the tools you're using, some of the tools you're using? Yeah, um, I mean, other other people around me, you know, right. um, having conversations with people that, that I respect and um, want to be like in some ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if I see people doing things well in life, I want to I wanna learn from them, you know. Right. Um, and I think there are, you know, there are, great books i think you got to read you know mm-hmm. um i mean i mean that's what books are for i mean there are people who spent intentional time writing down their thoughts on a specific topic into a book mm-hmm. so 
it would be smart for me to like learn from what they've put in that book, you know, and they're obviously better authors than others, people that you should probably read and people you probably shouldn't read. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but reading, I think is, it's a good way to, to challenge your mind and, and to think critically. So, so what's been the most impactful book you've read lately? Yeah. Lately, um, I talked to you about this actually a few few weeks ago. Um, I think the most impactful book I've read I've read several since this, but this one was really impactful for me. It's a book called The Next Christians, right? By Gabe Lyons, I think is his name. Yeah, um, awesome book. I went out and got it after you said that. Nice. Yeah. Did you read it? Not yet. All right. I, I I've got eight mm-hmm. books on my nightstand. I'm going through, <laughs> and one cool. of them is yeah. The Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky. So. Okay, awesome. <laughs> hey, that's good. Yeah, it yeah. might take me three years to get through that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I've read some books like that too. Um, this book was was awesome. Um, I mean, it's it's all about. I don't know. For me, it brought me it brought me back to what what is a Christian life supposed to look like? You know, just the premise of the book is is basically like there's this emergence of Christians who are doing it right. You know, who um, I think Christianity is kind of veered off base in some ways. Joe Alstein. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I hope he listens to this. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Man, Joe Alstein roast is what this podcast is. Um, I'm just curious what what part of your life you want? I gotta I gotta dial this in more. Or what what changed yeah. after reading that book because it was so impactful. Yeah, I mean, that that is a good question. And uh, I remember th- just kind of taking like an inventory of kind of the most important parts of my life and asking myself. Am I am I doing that? Because um, I think it's a really good thing. I read the book and I was like, man, that gets me jacked up. I should I should start thinking about the world around me and the things that God's entrusted entrusted me with, and evaluating does it reflect a fully restored version of whatever it is? Right. And and what can I do to change that? So I immediately started thinking about, um, you know, my marriage for one, um, and my role here at Flatirons as a, as a worship pastor. Um, am I being faithful in that area? Does my worship ministry reflect a restored version of that? Or is it, is it messed up? Is it, um, is it out of line, is it out of line with, with what God would intend it to be? What would it look like if it was fully restored? And if God could look at it and go, that is exactly how I intended that to look. Hmm. Um, and so I don't think, there's necessarily always going to be like, wow, that's actually way off base. Right. You know, um, if you're, you're doing it, you always do the best you can, you know. So there definitely might be some areas that come up where you're like, yeah, that's definitely right. like way out of line and I need to work on that. But I think mo- more often than not, you're going to realize there's just some little things here and there and the things that God has entrusted me with that are not the way God would probably have design them to be right um so then you just start start working on those one of the things i wanted to ask you was uh it's based off of what paul wrote to timothy Hmm. you know when he wrote that don't let anyone look down on you because you're young you know but to set an example and you know uh you know he really commends timothy to basically man own what you've what god's given you no matter how you're younger than a lot of these people Hmm. um so is that something that you are, have walked through, are walking through? What are some areas that you feel like, uh, do you ever feel like you're overlooked or discounted because of age? Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think you said something, own what God's given you. 
that's been a huge part of my story. A lot of it is defined by, I feel like my biggest piece of brokenness in life has been operating, basically operating my life out of this place where I believe I've got nothing to give, um, mm-hmm. that I'm not not good enough in any situation. So I'll pretend to be good enough just to earn people's respect, to give them what they want, you know, um, instead of actually going, what do I actually have? What can I actually do really well? And then do that confidently going, this is who God made me. So, right. So you have a voice. Yeah. And, uh, what, what's been the biggest piece of stifling that? Yeah. It's, it's usually like fear of how it's going to be received, you know, going, yeah, I might speak up, but it's probably just going to get shot down. So I'd rather save myself the, the pain of being rejected. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, so I'll I'll just keep my mouth shut, you know, um, instead of, realizing, actually, I've got a, a really strong opinion on this, and I should voice that, whether yeah. it's received or not, you know. And obviously, you've got to, depending on the situation, you've got to think about where you're at and, and how to voice that wisely um, so you don't come across arrogant or, or whatever, sure. you know, especially as a young person. Yeah. So, Something you said earlier about having many mentors yeah. and stuff, I heard this years ago, and it resonated with me, huh. you know, kind of putting it in Bible terms, that it's good it's just the best thing uh, for every man to have a Paul in his life, a Barnabas in his life, and a Timothy. Hmm. Meaning that you have a Paul, you have someone that you're looking up to, that's guiding you, that's shepherding you, helping you, someone who's further down the road. Yeah. Uh, you have a Barnabas. Yeah, Barnabas was Paul's friend who ushered him into ministry and uh, went on his first missionary journey. And, and Barnabas, his name literally means son of encouragement. Huh. So he, you know, Barnabas was an encourager. You need to have someone who's a friend, you know, side by side with you going through life together. Yeah. And then you need to have a Timothy, meaning you have some, you need to have somebody who's younger, you know, less equipped or whatever. And, and you're, and you're teaching them. That's good. So it gets back to what you were saying. So as you look at that, do you, you know, how did, is that living out in your life that you see? Yeah. Um, who are your Pauls? Who are your Barnabases? And who, who are your Timothys? Yeah. Um, Paul's for me. Um, I've got several, I think, right now, which I'm thankful for. Um, yeah, just just good men who are they all older? They're much older. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the I think the youngest of them is probably ten years older than me. Hmm. Um, so, but they're they're people that I look at and and I'm like, wow, I the the way that they live their life as a man, I want to live my life as a man like that. You know, right? Um, so so yeah, there's several of them. Um, and they're they're just really, really willing to share their life with me, um, just the the good, bad, and the ugly, you know. Yeah. And uh, and so, what do you do? You go out to coffee with them, lunch, or just you know, work with them, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I work with most of them. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times it's just a a drop in their office or um, just a yeah. I mean, we'll lunch, coffee, whatever. Um, right. A lot of times it's just kind of off the cuff. Right. conversations but uh they're men that i'm close to and in relationship with and some of them you know my uh, with one of them in particular uh, my wife and i are close with with both of them he and his wife and so we'll we'll have dinners and um chip bowl as we call it where we just dump a bunch of chips together in, in one big bowl and oh really yeah it's pretty it's a pretty good idea you should try it chip bowl cole and i would yeah. throw the uh buffalo wing uh pretzels from mm. snyder's nice the good yeah. thing about it is they all start to taste the same after they've been sitting in there for a while. Then everything would taste like 
Awesome. Hot wings. Mm. Yeah. That sounds good. I've never had those. So yeah. Barnabases. Yeah, Barnabases. Um, encouragers, people you're yeah. side by side with. Yeah. Um, again, thankful to have several of those in my life right now also. Um, Cole's one of those guys for me. Um, That's great. Just, you know, in a similar stage of life. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like this guy knows everything about me, you know, and to to have several people around me that, that can know everything about me and accept me, accept me as I am, you know, right. And, uh, just walk with me and, and help me be the best man I can be through encouraging me and sharing their life with me. Also, it's, uh, it's a gift and it's needed. Yeah. Yeah. And then Timothy's. Yeah. Timothy. So, someone you're mentoring or. This is being young. I don't think I've actually, I've actually thought about that, hmm. you know? Um, yeah, well, let's see. Um, and it could, yeah, it literally could yeah. just be stage in life. Yeah, you know, I think uh, there's not really somebody that comes to mind uh, other than professionally the people that I develop on my team, okay. you know, like my volunteers and things like that. But honestly, most of them are older than I am. <laughs> so it's really just but that pra- isn't, like practical development. I was so. going to say, this doesn't have to be yeah. about age. <laughs> yeah. It has to be about, yeah. you know? yeah. Stage in life. Stage in life doesn't always mean age. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's an area I could, I could probably work on. I could probably seek that out in in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just remember being young and always feeling like the, I was always the youngest person in the room. Yeah. Now I'm on the flip side of that. I'm like, I'm always the oldest person in the room. Yeah. And, and I'm fine with that. I really am. I joke about it a lot, but I'm fine with it. But uh, what does happen is life experience uh, does – offer a certain privilege uh you know yeah. it's like it, it uh allows you to step into uh, right. conversations and and speaking to people's lives because yeah people want to know you mm-hmm. know i haven't done that what does that look like so yeah but, I, but and it happens quick. i was gonna say it just happens quick yeah i just seems like yesterday i was i went from i'm always the youngest person in here nobody will listen to me <laughs> to i'm the old fart and everybody's listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, people still don't listen to me. Thank you, Luke. Thanks for reminding me. I listen to you. Um, that actually, I mean, it brings something up for me. It's like those men that I was talking about earlier when yeah. I was young who were really faithful in, in, in you know, being those older men for me. Um, like I was, I was their Timothy, you know. Right. Um, they were like my age now, you know. Um, so that's actually really challenging to me to think about going like, those were guys that did it really well with me. I should probably think about doing that, you know, with somebody else. So right. that that's a yeah. Just while I'm walking away with something pretty good here. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah, we've done our job. You have done your job. Hey, yeah. um, one of the things I I do want to talk about when um, yeah. th- one of the most important jobs that you're going to have on Earth, uh, you began a little over a year ago. Yeah. You became Macy Burgett's dad. Correct. You got Macy. Yeah. Um, and looking at this, what are you doing to guide her? <laughs> I have no idea. Again, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, <laughs> mind, strength. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are some things that you're doing intentionally to yeah. raise Macy so that she loves the Lord with all her heart, soul, mind, strength? Yeah. Um, it's actually quite challenging. And, and fun at the same time. Like thinking about doing that with a, a little over a one year old mm-hmm. is like, is she even getting any of this? You know, <laughs> uh, she's, but she's, it's funny right now she's learning a ton of words 
And one of those words is amen. Oh, really? Um, that she got from us praying together as a family, <laughs> uh, which I love. Yeah. Uh, and she says it like so passionately too. It's amazing. Uh, we'll just pray and I'll, I'll be like, in Jesus' name, amen. And she's like, amen. <laughs> uh, she just gets excited about it. So, yeah. uh, but that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we pray together often as a family and yeah. uh, uh, we have a, uh, Jesus Storybook Bible. Um, it's an awesome, awesome kids Bible. It's still it's still a little over her head even because mm-hmm. she's so young. But but still, it takes these like these basic truths from Scripture and and brings them down to a level that kids can understand. And and honestly, it's been really good for you know my wife and I even just some of the ways that it brings these concepts and and dumbs them down to like this is what it's saying you know in a <laughs> yeah. sentence yeah. um it's it's really incredible so it's it's been so good to kind of uh, read our way through the whole bible the whole Jesus storybook bible a few times together as a family and and get these big rocks um from from God's word and um and just meditate on them together as a family and talk about them even though Macy can't join in the conversation it's uh, we read them before bed or um, before I leave for work or whatever that looks like, um, and and so there's always there's always God's word being talked about. Okay, so <laughs> I want to talk about a tough subject. Yeah, um, I just literally found this out. Just found this out. I'm really sorry. Um, really but you, you you and Allie walked through uh, a tough time recently. Can you? Yeah. Sure. What, what was that? What was that about? Yeah, um, I mean, there's nothing like finding out that your wife's pregnant, you know? And when, um, when did you guys find so out? So, I spent 15 days in Africa with you, Dan. Yes. Um, which was awesome. You, me, and 22 other men. 22 other men. Yeah. yeah. It was a good time. It was a great time. Um, but 15 days in Africa is a long time. Um, you start to miss your family a lot, you know? <laughs> um, but I got I got home, we landed back at DIA, and... Uh, my wife told me that she was pregnant right, right there in the airport. Oh, wow. Um, it was awesome, you know, so, so awesome. Um, when we were all like saying hi to our family, she told yeah, you? Yeah, she whispered in my ear, yeah. I didn't know that. It was awesome. You you guys didn't share that with everybody else? Yeah, we weren't, it was, she had just kind of found out. Right, um, right. That, the week right before that, so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the excitement was that. And then um, we go to our first appointment and um, things are measuring behind where they should have been, um, which is terrifying news to get, you know. Um, right. And on top of that, we had just a terrible experience with the, the uh, midwife who was doing the exams and things like that. It was just really as bad as it gets as, as far as interacting with a medical professional. Um, so there was that, and we were just, there was just confusion, you know, about that. And But also, like, well, maybe we're just off on the date, you know. Maybe we're just few weeks behind where we thought we hmm. would be um, by now. So um, then, then it was just kind of waiting and waiting to find out what was going on. And we went in for another appointment and found out that it, um, that we had miscarried. So like uh-huh. for sure, and we we're just, we we're hopeful that that wasn't actually going to be the reality. Um, but it was. So um, how did you guys respond to that? It's really hard. Yeah. And I'm honestly still, still working on that. Yeah. Right now. Um, yeah, because we're just a couple months away from that. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, I don't know, eight or nine weeks or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, it's been incredibly incredibly hard, but... Um, what hurt the most? 
uh, man, I mean, in, initially, I think just the loss, yeah. you know, because just being really excited and hopeful, like, oh, Macy's going to have a new little sibling, you know. You're right. Um, and we were just excited about it. And then, like, the, the loss of that, like, it's, I've never felt more loss over something I never fully had hmm. before. So it's kind of a weird feeling, you know. Did you look to blame anyone? Yeah. So that's that's the next the next piece is, like, just pointing the finger at God. Yeah. Um, and, uh <laughs> It's been like the hardest, the hardest thing for me, and it's still kind of hard for me to talk about um, when when I do. It just like, it brings it all back. But um, I've never been this angry before at God. Um, at God, yeah. It's it's weird because like it, I feel in my head, like I know a lot in my head. <laughs> you know, we're talking about the the magi right. piece of heart, soul, mind, strength. You know, we're talking about the mind, like. I like to know a lot, um, and so like there's a lot that I know to be true about God, mm-hmm. but in my heart it doesn't feel true at all. Right. You know, so the distance between my head and my heart right now um, feels really far. Um, it's been incredibly hard to watch my wife go through this mm. and not be able to do anything about it. Right. Um, I can't protect her from the emotional pain, the physical pain. Or anything I, like I literally am powerless to do anything and I, th- I think that's what makes me so angry is like God why would you allow this to happen and then not equip me to at least help my wife through it and to go back to having good people around you mm-hmm. it's very wise um, two, two men specifically who have three men who have been through this um, have been really really helpful for me um but one of them just told me, I mean, because I was asking them, like, I think I asked them, what did you do right? And, and like, what did you do wrong? What, what could you take back as a husband and how you responded in this with your with your wife and how you dealt with this with your wife? What did he tell you? Um, yeah. I mean, he said, he said, tell your wife what you're feeling, hmm. um, which has been the best thing I possibly could have done in this was to constantly check in with my wife and go, I'm angry. I'm really angry at God right now, you know? Um, and just for her to know that. Right. Um, cause there was, there's so much time on the front end of that where I'm like, for some reason I'm not even crying about this, you know, mm-hmm. like huge loss. And I can't even cry about it in front of my wife. And my wife probably would really appreciate me crying with her, you know, right. For, for some reason I can't, you know, um, I had since you know I have since then, but um, all I had to give was this is what I'm feeling. So, so that was the right yeah. thing. This person counseled you. What was yeah. the wrong thing? Um, just just want to fix fix it. You know, I mean that's a it's a guy response. <laughs> yeah, if we're if we're gonna have um, you know marriage counseling with men like husbands, <laughs> it's like. Stop trying to fix it. You right. know, that's like lesson one. Lesson one. <laughs> lesson one. Yeah. And lesson 27 is stop trying to fix stop it. Stop trying to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can't, I can't fix it. Right. You know, I can't take it away. It happened. Um, that's what makes me so angry, you know. So what I can do is tell my wife, you know, I'm really angry. That I can't fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm angry that I can't fix it. I'm angry that I can't protect you from this. And I'm also really sad. I know it doesn't look like I'm sad, but I'm really sad the biggest piece of hope for me has been like the the me too coming from them going 
I still struggle with trusting God with that part of my life. Right. Um, so just knowing it's, it's okay that I'm angry at God right now, you know, like I'm not the only one in the world that's angry at God for something like this, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but yeah, I I think it's, it's been really good just to be able to talk about it with these, with these men who've dealt with it before and my my wife too, with, with their wives and, Mm -hmm. um, just to know, Hey, whatever you're feeling, it's all right. You know, like it's okay. I think one guy too told me, he's like, it's a, it's okay for you to tell God you're angry at him because he's big enough to take it. Yeah. And that was really freeing for me, you know? I think yeah. part of me growing up in church was like, and knowing what I know about God, you know? Like, I know he's not out to get me or my wife, you know? Yeah, I wasn't sure about that until recently. <laughs> yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah, it's like in my head, I know God wouldn't do this right. to me, you know? I mean, like, if he if he loves me, he wouldn't do something to intentionally harm me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But it, it certainly feels like it is, yeah. you know. Yeah, so and, to, and especially for those of the, those of us that grew up in church, yeah, we almost come away from from church, you know, that that upbringing with the, yeah, you know, good people do this, bad people do that, and bad people get this, and yeah. when bad things happen, mm-hmm. uh, I must have done something wrong. Or you go the other ways, you know, and it gets back to there's a really good book called Finding God by Larry uh, Larry Crab. Hmm. And uh, who, who's a local guy? I think he teaches at um, Denver Seminary. Huh. But um, we can't base God's goodness on our circumstances. Yeah. If we say God is good because of our circumstances, right. at some point something's going to happen. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to find out that there's a miscarriage and you lost yeah. a baby. Yeah. And you're going to go, God isn't good. Right. Yeah, and the tough part is working through that. And yeah. so, where, where do you feel like you are in the process of working through that? Yeah, well, I think you're really, I think you're really right, um, right on point. On, honestly, I think like knowing this goes back to I think loving God with your mind, with with what you with all that you have going. Like God, I want to know all I can know about you in this life. It, it gives me it gives me hope because it's like at least I can hang on to what I know is true even though there's a lot coming at me right now that's making me feel like it's not true, you know? And and definitely definitely there's a very real enemy who wants me to believe none of that's true. Right. Um and so there's there's a bit of that going like I want to use this the enemy going I want to use this tragedy to separate Luke from the God who made him and the God who loves him. Um and to, the farther away we get from the tragedy, the more I start to see God came through on his promises. You know, he actually is who he says he is. Um, I'm, I'm still working on it. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, I had a miscarriage eight weeks ago and everything's fine. God is good. You yeah. know, um, that would be dishonest of me. But the farther away I get from it, the more I realize, oh, yeah, God is who he says he is. How do you wrap your mind around that when you look around you and you just can't seem to make your circumstances? and God's goodness add up. One of the major premises in Larry Crabb's book, Finding God, is that we all struggle equating God's goodness with our circumstances. God is good because my life is good. But when we do that, when we base God's goodness on how life is going, there will eventually come a time when death and tragedy and hardship come, and our circumstances will make us question God's goodness. God must not be good because of the way my life looks right now. 
I know I'm not the only one who has walked through that valley of death. And many of you know exactly what Luke and Allie Burgett are walking through right now. The joy and the excitement of a new life, only to be hit with the pain and the loss of a miscarriage. As Luke told us, when you hope against hope that this isn't the reality, but then it is. Life doesn't always make sense. God doesn't always make sense. And then what do we do with that? How do we wrap our minds around that? Are you in the middle trying to wrap your mind around something in life that just doesn't make sense? Well, there's a downloadable PDF attached to this podcast with with questions and the Bible verses from today that may help you in this process. Try to take some time this week and work through these questions and try to have a conversation about getting your mind around what God is doing in your life right now with your wife, with your family, your friends, or maybe your small group. Next week in the series called Wholehearted, Vinny Lopez joins us to talk about strength and being a warrior. And we run home. Yeah. We sleep in a car that night, you know. Mm. It, it was... Uh, and that was a safe place, the car? Lock the doors, safe place? That was the only place. <laughs> wow. Know? That was the only place. In the car, go back to this lunatic's house, which we're not going there. You right. Know what I mean? So, uh, so we spend the night in the driveway. And, uh, in the morning, we go in, and it's never really spoken about, ever. Hmm. Ever. But it changed you. It changed me. I hated the way I felt. I hated feeling, like, scared. I hated freezing. Or letting the fear paralyze me, you know? Yeah. And I spent the rest of my life <laughs> trying to make sure that never going to happen again. Until next time, this is Dan Foote for Wake Up Call, the Flatirons podcast for men. <laughs>